Hey everyone, tonight on the A-Zone we will be, be discussing cadence, major match selection, and how to practice a drill. So I think most of us have probably heard the, the term cadence used when discussing shooting, and um, you'll hear someone talk about, you know, in this drill you can work on your cadence or things like that. And as far as I understand it, it refers to um, timing your shots with some, I, I think, like predetermined time. Um, and, and it's seems to be normally based on like sound and like the actual splits on a timer. And that that's like kind of the driving part of that. So have you guys heard that term before? And what are your thoughts on that? Not everybody at once. I forgot your question. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Corey, you're up. <laughs> what do you think about cadence? <laughs> um, I've never tried it. Honestly, it seems uh, it seems kind of retarded to uh, is is that like shooting to uh, a sound or something, right? Or shooting to a pace? I think it's to a pace, and probably the easiest way to like gauge that would be sound without like trying to look at a timer while you shoot. But yes. So you like get a metronome or something? Like you're like. I I, that, I don't know. Is that the theory? I think, I think that's what we're trying to discuss because um, I'm not sure either. Um. But yeah, I think like the conventional wisdom in like practical shooting would be to uh, not like directly pace yourself, like kind of let your pace be determined by the aiming. Um, and so I've heard cadence be used and it seems like they're kind of going at it the other direction. They're like maybe so for a, a seven yard target versus let's say a 20 yard target, let's say we're not in heavily involved in USPSA shooting and we think, okay, I ought to be able to shoot the seven yard target faster than the 20 yard target. And so you kind of like predetermine that pace rather than determining it naturally based on aiming, or at least that's the impression I've gotten from seeing people um, shoot drills where they talk about cadence and things like that. Now I don't know if I like it or not. Cause I, I do, I do have like preset, preset like um what do you call it like a preset split in my head for different like conditions like uh my posture if i'm leaned over if i have like um like a regular grip or whatever because i think so between all of us seven to the 10 yard target you guys i mean open target you guys aren't thinking more than just whack the trigger twice right um it's like pretty pretty like what do you call it not controversial whatsoever um, yeah. But that number starts to die down as you get like higher target difficulty, or if you're doing something weird like your shoulders are bladed off, or you're you're leaned over, or something something like that. But I, I've never called it cadence. I I just I it's measured like I start with like the baseline of like what I'm trained up to, and then it's like okay, well if some weird stuff is going on, then the like the the aggression just goes down. But I've never considered it like oh I shoot like through a stage, and I'm like. Yeah. So that's an interesting point. So when you're talking about like you see that target in a match and you're trying to figure out how to shoot it mm -hmm. type thing. So at least for me, like in that situation where it's like, oh, normally a 10 yard target, I could just hammer on that. But like, let's say there's a little bit of a lean or something like that where I maybe can't. I still don't think I personally think of it as like what pace should I be shooting that at? I think I'll go there and... I'll maybe know that I, depending on the target, I'll know that I shouldn't shoot it 
predictively. I should shoot it reactively. But I still don't think I think of a pace. I think I just like shoot it when I feel like I've aimed appropriately, like for the second shot specifically. I'm not sure really how to explain it. I guess there's like, when I say pace, there's like varying degrees of predictive shooting that will happen versus I aim every shot, if that makes sense. Yeah, like you're not necessarily seeing a sight picture for the second shot, but you may not also be pressing the trigger as fast as possible. Right. Yeah, I get, I know what you mean. That's interesting. What do you guys think? I mean, if you look at the, the Ben books um, and the later ones, he has predetermined times for double speed at various distances. And that can be interpreted as a cadence because it's a, you know, predetermined time. And that's used to not so much get you used to shooting at a certain pace, I think, but more like to get your shooting fundamentals and your grip able to uh, support that pace. That's kind of like a, a, you know, a baseline or benchmark you should achieve if uh, you have solid grip and trigger control and all that good stuff. Uh, but as far as using it, like using a predetermined timing or cadence in your shooting when you look at a target, I, I don't think that's uh, I don't think that's actually done like live. Um, you could be shooting a build drill and not all your splits are going to be the same based on the feedback you get from the gun. You know how it recoils in your hands, what your sights are doing. There could be in one of those shots where you your, your grip has loosened or uh, your your elbow position has changed and your and your sights going and and uh, no longer going vertically up and down. So you have to adjust your timing in order to compensate for a poor grip or something. Yeah, that that makes a lot of sense to me. Any thoughts, Matt? Um, I've experimented with cadence a little bit here in the past, um, just like trying to figure out what I'm capable of at varying distances. So like seven, like let's just say averaging an 18 split for like for like a bit uh, a blade drill kind of thing or like messing around with something like that um i've messed around with a metronome like i'll have let's just say i'm wearing earmuffs right and then i'll have um an earbud that's got um like a metronome playing at i don't know 110 beats per minute something like that just kind of experimenting with all right hey this is the level of consistency i can achieve uh at like seven yards 15 yards 25 yards that kind of thing um I mean, there is there's a couple of drills that do um, like it works on cadence, but necessarily shouldn't be used as an, as an end all be all. For example, if anyone has heard of the uh, the Tim Heron barrel drill, um, all splits have to be within 0.05 seconds of each other. So, Could you explain the barrel drill for people who don't know what it is? Uh, so if if you want the diagram, ask Tim Heron for it. Um, otherwise, it's you got two double stacks of barrels that kind of act as uh, vision barriers, and then three targets behind that. You start on one side, and you get to take all the time you want on the draw. But every single split time has to be um, like but 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 within 0.05 seconds of the original split time, um, and it's all just one shot each target. Transition to the centers uh, between the barrels, bop, 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 switch over to the other, uh, other side and that you haven't been on, bop, bop, bop. And it's kind of just something to play around with. Um, hey, what kind of level of consistency 
uh, can you get on transitioning both with targets and also moving around uh, between, I guess you could call shooting areas. Does that paint a general idea? Yeah, that makes sense. That reminded me of um, when I was like new to shooting um, and I was getting uh, some tips from like the local master guy talking about Ryan here. One of the, I actually take it back. I did use cadence one time and one time ever. Um, he had me shooting at like a steel array. He was just like, no matter what, I'm gonna like bang on this like 55 gallon drum. You have to shoot. You have to shoot when I, you know, hit the drum. And um, it was interesting as a beginner because it. Uh, I think it's touching on that thing you're talking about, Matt. Like as a beginner, you don't really have a sense of um, what's possible. So I'm like, why would I shoot again if I don't like? Let the sights come to rest, and it's like extra jacked up because uh, you're a beginner, right? And you don't know how to transition well. Like you're either too slow or too fast or too too rough or whatever. Um, but after doing it like for I don't know, like less than a minute, it was like, oh, actually, I'm a god. I can, I can, I can shred cadence. Is cool. Uh, that lasted for all like five minutes, and I was like, cadence is stupid. Yeah, I mean, like the the way I kind of treat cadence is figuring out um, what I'm possible, what I'm capable of at distances, and then also switch up your target difficulty if it's like a tuxedo or like a half partial or something at 25 yards. And I think that goes back to the whole doubles drill. Like you're, for most people, the shooting standards on doubles are way faster than anyone would shoot at a target. At any of those given distances like how many how many of you when you're first starting decide to shoot 35 splits at 25 yards uh that's not something you would do unless for most people unless like someone told you it was possible or someone showed you it was possible uh, when we all first started i'm pretty sure all of us took like 10 years to fire three shots at 25. so i know those i think cadence gets you to a point where you learn what can be done with the gun and it helps you train at the speed and work on a technique to support the speed rather than trying to gradually you know speed up and and somehow get more accurate at the same time yeah i think that's where i'm at with it the only time i've ever used anything resembling cadence was on double drill, and it was like all right figure out what a 18 split sounds like and then just make sure i'm shooting 18 splits and then you know, when I started, the sights are all over the place. They're bouncing around like crazy. And it's like, okay, just keep shooting 18 splits. Don't change that. And then figure everything else out to, you know, start to shrink the group size. Um, so I think that that's really the only value I've gotten out of it was just um, using a predetermined pace for the sake of, like, working on my grip. Yeah, but, yeah, the <laughs> idea behind, like, going to a stage and be like, well, this target's a pop up. That target gets a pop pop. This target gets like a bop, bop, and then bop, bop. Like, that's that's insane to me. Yeah, I, I think it's counterproductive because you start thinking about that instead of thinking about, like, the a actual aiming, which is what matters. And then it's like, whatever the splits are is what they are. Um, so I think, uh, just to bring up this example, um, I haven't seen this drill specifically used. Um, with people discussing cadence, but I think this drill is very similar to all of the random drills I've seen people um, shoot where they're discussing cadence. So all of us are familiar with crisscross. Um, if you're not familiar, it's like standard target setup, you know, three targets right next to each other, and you shoot one yard apart, but not yeah. next to each other. 
Oh yeah, one yard or about a target width to one yard apart. Um, but they're just in a row. And um, so you shoot body, head on the middle target, body on the other side target, mandatory reload, and then you switch. You do head, body in the middle, head on the other side. So um, by the end of it, you should have engaged all of the A zones with two rounds. Uh, the reason I bring this drill up is I think it let's it let's say you thought of this drill from a cadence perspective, like it seems like a lot of the people online with these videos are doing, you would think, okay, on the bodies, I should shoot, you know, very fast, depending on the, let's say it's at 10 yards, maybe you shoot like an 18 split on the bodies. And then on the heads, I need to shoot a 35 or 40 split maybe. So I think if you think about that drill from that perspective and then try and go do that drill, you're going to have a really hard time. And I think it's counterproductive. Um, whereas in my opinion, the way to shoot that drill would be to think about the appropriate amount of aiming you need to do to hit a lower A zone compared to an upper A zone. And then the splits the splits may end up being 18 and 40 or whatever. But um, I, I, I think that's kind of more of the result than the cause. You so guys, is what you're, I mean, like, are you looking, I guess you'd say, more instead of like some kind of cadence it's more pacing with what you're comfortably uh seeing yeah i think that's actually a really good way of putting it so okay. it, i think cadence kind of just implies like um timing you're gonna like pure timing whereas um don't pace yourself purely based on the timing pace yourself purely based on the the aiming or the visual part do you guys agree with that yeah i guess <laughs> well cool um i think that sums up my opinions on the matter do you guys have any other things to mention on that i'm gonna go by and mention them right now on amazon so you have, do, you have a phone you're fine so what uh, right. like do you do like cadence in four four or do you do it in like three three or like it's like in triplets like i, I don't is it like? Well, if you're listening to Led Zeppelin, then it needs to be in six eight time. But I mean, otherwise, it's sure. it's all whatever beats per minute is kind of what how you treat cadence. I recognize some of those words. Yeah, and then like just ignore these nerds, Connor. Yeah. <laughs> it's for the best, honestly. <laughs> Maybe next we can talk about our yeah. load recipes. <laughs> Woo. <laughs> exciting stuff tonight people <laughs> i don't know i just know when i shoot the cadence there's always a retard in the beginning i get it <laughs> uh, i made a funny joke guys that was very insensitive but funny <laughs> okay i think uh we've summed that up maybe uh if you're someone who spends a lot of time working on cadence maybe consider changing it up a little bit uh so next up this is a listener question i think we've actually gotten a few listener questions on this one so um it's regarding major Wait. match selection go Wait, ahead listeners no it was actually <laughs> the same person asked it three times i think one of our three was, listeners got tired of us ignoring them so it was me <laughs> But so, uh, yeah, so major match selection. So um, the way I what pick do you guys major do? matches basically is uh, if my friends are going, I'll go too. 
it's a good way to do it that's that's pretty much what it takes for me all right well i'll go next so i i uh also heavily take into consideration where my friends are going so uh, I like to obviously shoot with my buddies just like everybody else. Um, I also consider like the the timing of the match. So it's like really, if it's really early in the season, I know that I'm going to have trouble being trained up for it. So I might try to avoid that um, with some exceptions, depending on location and things like that. So next up, I also have a uh, location. So if it's really close, um, it definitely has a better chance of making on my schedule just for convenience. Um, but I don't put a, too much weight in that um also quality of match like i know there's some there's some major matches that are known for putting on like really fun stages and having like really good uh you know a well-run event and so that definitely helps and also the uh amount of competition in the division that i'd like to shoot or divisions if there's like you know i might shoot production or carry optics so usually carry optics always has heat but um, those are all deciding factors for me what about y'all? I'm gonna take. I'm gonna go against the green on this one. I actually do not care if anyone I know goes to shoot a match. Um, Rude. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry, guys. I mean, I care now. I care now because uh, I because uh, I moved away. So now, like, whenever my friends are at matches, I'll uh, I'll try to squad with them. But before I moved away, I honestly could not care if my friends were at matches. I mean, I, I care, but it's like, um, I can't remember who said it to me, but um, somebody somebody we shoot with was saying, we shoot with these idiots all the time. Why, why would you get a major and shoot with them some more and just go find go find somebody else um, to, uh, to kind of like observe, study, whatever. And so that's kind of the, uh, the concept I've uh, subscribed to. I've had a what chance if you're to shoot friends with a lot with the of like people you observe and study. I mean, it's pretty rare, I guess. I mean, shooting's not too big that that you don't know these people. But um, like, I've had an opportunity to shoot with a lot of like uh, open, limited super squad people. Um, just not all together because I'm not on the super squad, but um, just like one off at like different major matches, and it's been really interesting to see their. Uh, their like habits or their uh, their behaviors around um, shooting the match, actually shooting the stages and then doing things at the match and then um, kind of the process, uh, the what do you call it, the the process around everything around you know doing doing USPSA stuff. I yeah, mean, that's you, actually you a really good all point. Time, right? You see your friends all the time. I don't need to watch. I don't need to watch Connor you know break down a stage. I've seen Connor break down a stage you know a hundred yeah. times. It's not going to help you. I'm pretty bad at that. So <laughs> just don't watch me. <laughs> but yeah, I think that's a good point. I've actually um, met uh, even just from like a purely like meeting fun people and not like observing high level guys. Um, I've, I've met a lot of new friends at major matches as well. So that's always fun. And then, of course, the people that um, you may be aware of that are really good, but you don't know yet. It's fun to squad with people like that. Matt. Oh, shit, I blinked out. Um, we noticed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, all the all the points that I've that I personally consider, um, everyone's already said. And then I guess I guess the final point, if there's even a remote chance of being able to touch JJ, I'm going. Yeah, JJ is like, pretty cool. Like, caress. Man. Physically touch him. Yes, just like yes. 
Oh wow. Okay. The dude's definitely on social media a lot. I've like I've never shot with him. Don't even know him. I met him first time ever at Nationals and I'm like, hey, I'm Koi. Or rather, um, our friends introduced them because I guess they've taken a couple classes and they know them to hang out. And uh, I he the dude's a social media monster because he's like, oh Koi. Like like Koi shoots, right? Oh yeah, oh yeah, I seen you before. I'm like, dude, you need to get off the internet. Dude, I don't <laughs> even remember my own username half the time. You've gone through like three, so. That's Dude, true. he is a total influencer, though. Like, yeah. in, not in, like, the bad way, but we will be eating dinner, and, like, everyone's legit eating, and he's eating and, like, videoing at the same time and posting and, like, making captions. And, like, how the hell did you do this, man? Like, wow. I thought I spent a lot of time on Instagram. This guy is, like, a whole different level. I didn't realize I would completely derail the, the podcast discussion <laughs> just by mentioning JJ. Anytime. <laughs> the jj topic comes up it's a good thing (laughs) no it's kind of cool though because a lot of the like instagram influencers that you see are like you know not very uh they don't overlap very much with competition shooting so i guess like it's kind of cool to have one of the best competition shooters ever be that popular because i mean like people um that like have no knowledge of uspsa whatsoever will like follow jj and stuff so that's pretty cool but I mean, like, so to, to I guess I recap, I guess, uh, the major match selection. So like, are the, like, historically have there been good um, stages all around? Uh, are the known names of ROs that are going, like, who's there? Do we like them? Yes, no. Are there any amenities that they have that we like? Uh, so on and so forth. And who's the competition that's there? Dude, I don't you even... guys just shot open. You wouldn't even have to ask that competition question. Well, my gun would jam too damn much, so, I mean. I shoot production, so that's, like, the most important question. (laughs) A lot of times there's none. (laughs) All you have to do is ask. (laughs) All right. He meant real competition, Matt. Oh, shit, sorry. (laughs) I'm sorry, I'm sorry. sorry. Well, have you shot production at a major yet? Uh, I shot Oklahoma section uh, against, uh, against a couple of dudes. Oh, okay, that's cool. I forgot you did that. Yeah, a couple, like two. Yes, yeah. <laughs> that is a cr- that is correct. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. Sadly, <laughs> already. Yeah, because Oklahoma section last year only had like ninety people. Jeez, I didn't go last year. Of course you didn't. All right. So uh, unless you guys have any more important. Um, pieces of your match selection we have our next topic so next on the list we have how to practice a drill and so um i can't remember if this was a listener question or not but i think it's a pretty important one where um let's say you have some drill that you heard one of your friends recommend or or you wanted some drill from the ben books or whatever right and you want to go train it um when you get to the range, like, what does that actually look like? So you set up the drill, and do you just hammer on it a hundred times, or what's the process I will there? Set it up and then shoot it like I saw it on the Instagram video I found it on, and then if it doesn't work, I'll just do it again and again and again and again until I get a good run. Then I'll post yeah, just that one. Record all of them, of course. Do you yeah. know? Do you know the the new meta, Calvin? What's that? So, like, if you keep fucking up the drill, what you do is, like, you record it in widescreen mode, so the targets look like they're further away, but you actually, like, bring it in. So then it ends up looking like the same distance, but, oh, like, you I make off. I try that. 
I would save me so much ammo. Think about it. Shit's smart, dude. Work smarter, not harder, huh? Exactly. That's what it's all about. Just getting the Instagram run. <laughs> <laughs> but okay, so so in all seriousness, um, what do you guys what do you guys do? Because I think that, and I'm trying to remember back a few years ago when I first got started, and I think having this question answered would have actually been really helpful because you find yourself at the range and it's easy to just try and swing for the fences 10 times in a row and see if you can make those goal times that are in the book. But um, does that really, is it really productive to do that? And then, uh, you know, if it's not, what's the most productive way to approach a practice session? Damn it. I feel like that was a loaded question. I definitely put the part time right on the GM goal time. Like this is a, like, so same. I used to not practice class priors, but now I'm like, fuck it, let's make, let's get that G card, boys. So, like, I set up the actual class prior, like, in my fucking living room, and I'll, uh, I'll set it on the GM time, like, plus 10% with, uh, with alphas, and that, and then I'll drive fire to that. And I guess I do that because I don't want to, like, try to track up to the right pace, because that's going to be kind of impossible, um, versus, like, get the pace and then work out the tension. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, I, I've actually recently, I, I probably wasn't, uh, I was a little skeptical about that approach maybe like in the past year, but I think recently I've come around and like definitely seen the value in doing that. Um, but I think you also kind of have to be careful doing that. Like all of us, I think are at a point where we can, we can do that safely and we'll actually, you know, get the pace and then figure out the rest. But um, I also think if you have to be careful doing that, because if you just find yourself, you know, setting a goal time, that's like effectively impossible for your current skill level and then just swinging for the fences on it. I think you're kind of just like looking for a home run, but you're not actually practicing. Um, does that make sense to y'all? It does. It does. And I think it shows up in my fire too, right? Like when you try to like swing, you're either going to, it's like, it's like, say it's like a, a drill that has like 10 hits on it. And you're like, you're either going to, it works like one of two ways for me. It's going to be like 10 deltas or 10 alphas. You know what I mean? Like if the right stuff happens and that's the stuff that you work out. But I feel like uh, when you're new, you don't really know how to work right. that stuff out. So it's, it's always 10 deltas or, or 10 mics. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think um, so. I think there's a there's a difference between like okay, I'm a like a mat like you're a master class level guy, and I'm trying to get to GM. I'm gonna you know set a reasonable par time and make sure that I don't slip behind that. Versus um, you know you're just trying to hit some crazy home run. Like like shooting a GM score for for a master class person is by no means out of the question. Like that's a pretty occasional thing that happens. So. Um, I, I think being realistic on those times is important. Um, another thing I like that you mentioned is that you said uh, you'll go set it up and then you said in my living room. So I think if you're going to go out and do a drill and like, let's say you're like, okay, I want to go get good at El Presidente. Um, it's pretty valuable to set it up in dry fire at home for like a week and work on it a little bit every day before you ever live fire it. I mean, like, surprisingly helps a lot i uh so i started i'm taking a uh, charlie pros class in two weeks i think it is and um so part of the requirement to take class is to read the book so i'm reading the book right and uh 
I've started to subscribe to this, though. I'm mostly not shooting a lot anyways, because uh, <clears throat> um, Russia, COVID, Ukraine, whatever. I don't know. I'm going to blame it on Ukraine now. Good job, boys. Way to get invaded. <laughs> <laughs> but but uh, his, uh, his thing is uh, he wants you to treat uh, live fire practice like live fire match play. And I, I guess the idea is that... Uh, instead of hosing to the good like hosing 10 times and then just posting up your your home runs like um you'll get the value out of uh out of treating every run as a cold run um live so uh so you don't really dork it up and uh, i think i can't remember the way he says exactly but it's like when you shoot matches every run is a cold run so there's literally no point to uh to optimizing your your like warmed up shooting yeah, I think this is super tangential, and I probably shouldn't mention it, but here we go. Um, you, I see people do uh, like warm ups and stuff, like warm up drills when they get to the range. Uh, I, th- I think that touches on what you were saying. Is like that. I think that's like kind of counterproductive. Um, it, it's it it's super valuable to have that cold run, that first run when you get to the range, and I definitely wouldn't want to waste it on something. Um, that like is some random little warm up that doesn't matter. Like it's yeah, a nice assessment. It depends on what your goals are. So let's say you do have this El Prez that you're trying to do, and your goal is just to do it within the goal time you've set. Um, I don't really have a problem with the whole warm up thing, um, and like, and trying to shoot it cold might not be like in the long in the long run at beginning won't be that big of a deal. It's just learning all of the individual skills it takes to do the drill. So like the turn draw, that is like one element of it. Hitting the alpha at whatever distance it is, what, 10 yards? Yeah. And yeah. then transitioning from each target to each target and then the reload. And uh, what you'll have people do is they'll, they'll slam the drill a few times and like do it after one after another and just keep on doing it. Uh, a more beneficial way to practice it if you're just learning all the parts of the drill is to actually physically do each individual portion separately. Uh, and then if you do the full drill and you find out where you're making the mistakes, work on those areas. So if you're if you're having issues with the turn and draw, there's no point in wasting the other uh, 10 rounds on the next targets in the reload and then the remaining three targets again like it doesn't make sense if you can't ever turn and draw within the you know like a, whatever the time it takes to do it or and hit the targets yeah that's a really good point breaking it down into smaller pieces has definitely helped me yeah or, or same like the reload if you miss the reload every time you do an prez, you don't need to do the whole thing to find out that you suck at reloading and yeah, I don't know, dude. You're committed to all 12 rounds every time. <laughs> well, I think also um, kind of on the flip side of that, like let's say you know, okay, my reload has to be like 1 to 1.2 seconds to hit the goal time for El Prez. I can't do that yet. Maybe like if you're already out at the range and you, you are where you are, maybe just accept that like, okay, I'm not going to hit the goal time today. I'm not going to do anything superhero with the reload. So, uh, but I can still shoot the whole drill and um, kind of get all of the practice in. And then I'll go home and dry fire and break it down to just a reload and practice that a bunch to try and push that time down. So um, I think not necessarily um, 
saying the opposite of you, but just like um, don't don't like if you fumble or reload, don't like quit the drill and just stop. Like you can still practice the trans transitions after that. You know, like act like it's a match. You don't get to redo it. Oh shit, that's a good idea. I just like tilt like halfway through the drill. <laughs> Yeah, again, it depends on where you are. Like for most people, I, I think like if you're at a pretty high level of competency, the the cold runs and all that stuff like makes sense. For someone who is just learning all of it, uh, I think getting all the repetitions in on the various portions of the drill, you know, is more important. Otherwise, yeah. you don't get enough reps. Yeah, I agree with that. I think that's smart. That makes sense. Hey, can you imagine someone who, you know, is very new to shooting? You take them out to the range and be like, hey, you get one shot at this. <laughs> and then we're going home. <laughs> like, yeah, and I, I, don't, I definitely don't mean, like, when I mentioned the cold run, I definitely didn't mean, like, only do it once. I just mean, like, you only get one cold, like, realistically, you only get one cold run every live right, fire right. practice. So just use it as an assessment. And if you if you mess it up, like I do that all the time, just mess it up, just make note of it, see what happened. And like, okay, don't have it down quite as good as I want to yet. Keep practicing. And then, you know, actually continue practicing. So one thing um, that popped into my head that I didn't realize for a long time was like scoring in aggregate. And um, that's not my idea. Um, but I have stolen it from whoever said it first. And it's like you run the drill like, I don't know, three or four times. And then you go look at the targets and you look at the times each time. But it's not like a, you don't like hang your hat on the individual run. You just kind of like make note of what's happening. Because like everybody might miss the draw a little bit one time. Or everybody might fumble or reload a little bit one time. So you don't necessarily want to get um, hung up on like one individual mistake. You want to look for trends that are happening consistently and that'll give you a hint at what you need to work on more so to give an example um i've worked on crisscross a lot in the past and one of the things that i have a habit of doing is on the i guess second string of it where you go headshot body headshot on the middle body target i like over transition diagonally down so i'll shoot like charlie's and deltas down into the right as i come off the uh the head box. And so that's something that if you just saw like one run, you might be like, Oh, I just, you know, shot a Charlie, whatever. But like, if I shoot it five times, I'll like see them start to pattern down there. So like, that's, I noticed that was a problem for me specifically because I was scoring in aggregate. You guys go hot with me if I tell you, I don't practice fish costs and probably have never said it out. You should. It's a good one. It's a, it's a tough drill. I actually learned a lot from crisscross. I think I shot it one time in training with Steger, and that was it. It's good. That's what like really gave me the kick in the butt to uh, be target focused. But yeah, like, you can't mess anything up. Yeah. Like, if you if you focus on the wrong thing, like uh, visually, you will never make the time. And if you mess up a reload, like you won't make the time or the draw, whatever. Like it, It's a pretty, uh, pretty tight uh, time standard. So uh, one of the other things I've... <laughs> Cheater. <laughs> so one of the other things I've heard uh, with practicing, and again, this is not my idea, but I, I kind of adopted it and it worked for me, was um, 
to like everybody says okay dry fire and then you go do live fire that's pretty um normal but like one of the things that helped me a lot was doing dry fire on the range like you shoot a run live and then i'll do like two or three reps dry and then load the gun again and shoot it live um so that uh i think not only helped me get better at like the individual skills that i was working on it also helped me kind of connect the dots between my dry fire and live fire. So now, like, I think from doing that, my dry fire has gotten a lot more realistic and applicable, even when I'm at home. So that might be an idea if you haven't tried that before. I do, but it's involuntary. <laughs> All right. Any other any other thoughts on practicing a drill effectively? Yeah, um, well, I guess I haven't talked about how I practice a drill. Um, so, like, I'll, what I'll do is that I'll, again treating it like a cold stage kind of thing, right? Um, I'll give myself two, like a two minute walkthrough as opposed to like in a match you're in the, you have like a five minute walkthrough when you're with a full squad. Maybe you only have like I don't know, maybe a minute and a half um, effective walkthrough. But like, I'm trying to process everything dry, you know, gun in hand, that kind of thing. I'll run. I'll run the stage live. Um, check, score hits, uh, everything hit factor, and then figure out. All right, hey, this is what I saw, or I felt this was off. Uh, so I'll make note of that, and then I'll practice it dry. Um, and then I'll do. I'll I'll take a note from I think Juanzik and Andreas Yankopoulos do this thing where they'll pick specific shots or one shot uh, within the drill that they'll do live, and then the rest of it dry break that down, run run the drill live, and then figure out what other things uh, are messing up here and there, and then have, like, one final run at the end of the practice session. Yeah, that's interesting. I, I know um, one time practicing with you, and I think Calvin, too, we did the whole, like, only shoot one or two shots from the entire drill, and the rest of it you just, like, aim. And it was definitely interesting. I, I probably will experiment with that more if I can remember, too. It's a way to save ammo. Yeah, for sure. Especially in today's trying times. <laughs> well, cool. Any other any other thoughts on uh, on how to practice a drill? Uh, definitely slow down and get your hits. Um, not too alpha on every every target is automatic failure. <laughs> I think that's how that goes. I think I think but another you also thing have to announce yourself before you shoot. <laughs> like, what do you mean? Calvin's a shooter. Calvin is up next. Calvin's like, the no. Oh, okay. I thought no, you were talking about like, like Mr. Corwin. No. no, I meant like stop. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, when you break I'm an armed okay. citizen. You must that, leave. That's my purse. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know you. <laughs> Alrighty, uh, cool. I think that wraps it up, guys. Good job. Thanks everyone for listening, and uh, stay tuned for next time. Yay!